Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, Larry Hughes is going to pop out and get the ball. Jordan's going to rub his man off of Leitner and then cut down the center and gets a nice pass from Larry Hughes. All right, everybody, welcome to this week's Believe in Wizards podcast. I'm Matt Moderno. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Larry Hughes. Larry, how are you doing this week? I'm doing well, Matt. How are you doing? Pretty good. Uh, we're also uh, joined by Bleacher Report's Eric Pincus. Uh, Eric's one of the, the lead basketball insiders for Bleacher Report, um, lead, lead Lakers writer as well, and, and hosts the Hollywood Hoops podcast. So, uh, Eric, thanks for joining us. Of course. Thanks for having me. I think the big news right now, at least in the basketball world, is that we're going to finally have some uh, some games to talk about. Uh, Eric, what do you think about the the new format and the NBA's plans to return? Well, I, I'm I'm hopeful. Uh, it's exciting to hear that uh, they have what sounds like something that's going to be agreed to shortly. Uh, probably by the time that this is aired, the entire NBA will have agreed to this, and we will have official plan. You know, the the big question is safety. Uh, can this happen? What happens when someone, if someone gets sick and unfortunately we kind of have to say when someone gets sick we have to assume that there's something that goes wrong and how do they cope with that and I don't think we have all that information yet but uh, they did their best to compromise I I would have loved to have seen all 30 teams uh, but it wasn't as safe as it was it was the challenge of bringing back teams like the Warriors who are already eliminated or the Hawks or Pistons teams that are out you're putting this additional stress and this additional risk and additional expense into this bubble, this biosphere, this NBA world that we're going to create in Orlando that we hope works. Uh, but they had to make it fair. So they, they opened up the door for the Suns and the Wizards and uh, all the teams in between, really in the West, who have a shot to make the playoffs. Not a great shot. You have eight games to do it. If you're close enough, they'll have a tournament. Uh, I wrote about uh, my, my idea of a plan. I thought this was a pretty close to that, a reasonable uh, attempt to make this work. And now it's just, uh, it's up to fate now to hopefully uh, see that it actually goes through. So the, the 13 and the nine, right? If, if I'm on the East Coast, I'm wondering, you know, what what's up with the 13 and the nine, right? How, how, do, how do you feel about 13 teams from the West? Obviously they're strong, but 13 teams from the West and then only nine teams uh, from, from the East. Well, you the plan I had proposed, which, you know, neither here nor there, I, I said open it up for all 30. If you were going to have all 30, I think you do it differently. Uh, I think you take away conferences, you have three spots, and you have all the teams, all 17 teams. So you have 13 in the playoffs. All they're doing is fighting for seeding. They can't drop out. And then you have uh, three spots open. Any team that's below 500 is not in the playoffs. That's how I m- marked it. And so – even though the Warriors had previously been eliminated, they have a shot. This was if you're getting all 30 back. But then you get that kind of parity that you're talking about, Larry, is getting everybody involved, all the teams, the East, 
as well represented as the West. Uh, and then you, you know, the challenge there is you have to penalize the Warriors. You have to penalize the teams that have terrible records and you have to give rewards to the teams that like the Magic or the Grizzlies that are in playoff position. So I kind of offset that. I handicapped it. I gave extra wins uh, to the better teams. Uh, the Wizards were actually at zero. They weren't penalized. They weren't rewarded. Uh, and then there were teams that, like the Warriors, that were punished even. They, they had a shot, but they would have had to win almost all their games. Maybe they lose one and they could still make it. Lose two, you're pretty much done. They had to draw the line somewhere between compromise and safety and making it work. And this is the line they drew. Six games, right? So you have the Suns in there. You could argue the Suns don't belong. But it's harder to make the argument that the Pistons belong or the Hawks or teams that are that far out. So where we are in the league today, uh, it's, not, it's not in balance as far as quality, as far as one loss and whatnot. And my, my system took away the conferences, both in the, the qualifi- qualifications to make the playoffs, but also in the, the final tournament where you have the playoffs. It, we don't have the usual travel restrictions. You don't have to worry about Portland and Miami playing in the first round and having to go all the way across the country every every other game. So I thought it'd be a great opportunity to do this, but I don't think there's enough momentum in ownerships uh, and around the league that they really want that. I think Adam Silver's open to it more than maybe the teams are. So uh, the only way to even it out was to take away the conferences. Didn't happen. So yeah, it's, it's heavily weighted in the West, but I mean, you have more teams closer to 500 at least in the West than you do in the East. The general managers or organizations are sharing, you know, in the same pain that, that the fans are. I mean, there's some sacrifice that's there. Uh, you know, you guys have a huge platform. You know, on your comments board, you know, what, what are the comments as far as to, you know, the safety concerns versus the competition? Is there anything that, you know, you guys, you know, want to side on the, 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 the side of caution? Or is this like, hey, man, we need some entertainment. Uh, let, let's get it going. Well, I mean, there's there's entertainment and then there's also money. And so, you know, the money is, is really the motiv- motivator here. Uh, and there is, there are great reasons beyond money in that this is what we do. If you're an athlete, this is what you do. If you're a coach, if you're a team. And so, uh, and then, you know, to, to bring it into the world of today of what we're seeing to, to have great visual examples of artists and athletes doing what they do and representing the best of, of what people can be in a very public setting, there's a lot of, you know, good altruistic motivation beyond the money, but let's not say it's not about the money because, you know, we're talking about billions of dollars ultimately. And where's that line of safety versus you can't stay in your home forever. You have to get out there, but at the same time, uh, how do you make it safe? And so they're trying to figure out with the you know, players union is, is relatively strong in, in this sport. Uh, the players have to agree to whatever the solution is. And so, you know, the tests were, are pretty invasive. It's like, you know, Q-tip to the brain. It's like, you know, it's, it's intense. So the players don't want to be getting tested every day like that. So they're looking into what kind of saliva, blood type, you know, pinprick tests that you can do. How quarantined does it need to be? Can they go out into the public and be safe? Or are you opening up a can of worms where, you know, there was a, a coach, I think in the German soccer league that went out to buy toothpaste and, you know, got infected. It's, it's, there's a line where you shut them in entirely. If I was in charge, I would be really pushing to keep it in the bubble. Don't go, don't, 
take it. We're talking billions of dollars. We're not talking about, uh, you know, you, you don't want, it's not just LeBron going down during the finals, right? With COVID, right? But I mean, which would be, you know, absolutely horrible. You have coaches like Greg Popovich is in his seventies. You have the staffs along with that. It, it's, you have 15 players on a team. If you have 30 players in a game, there's probably 200 people in the neighborhood of that making that game happen. And most of those are not young, finely conditioned athletes who can shake off this virus and just be under the weather for you know a few days and then be fine. And so you bring in families. How do you tell players, you're going to be out for three months in Orlando, your wife is pregnant, and you're going to miss that, or you have children who are very young. It's easy to say that for a few weeks, for a month. It's, if you're talking three months, that becomes a lot more of a challenge, and, and the players have to agree to that. So there are, there are all kinds of unknowns, and you know, we haven't gotten into the economics of it. You know, contracts technically end at the end of June. So how, you know, these agreements have to be adjusted. Every, there's so many little details, and you know, the NBA is on top of it. There's, there's no way to make this work uh, as human beings. We don't have that power to say this is going to work. But we have to try. And even if it fails, next year there's no guarantee that there will be fans in the stands, right? And so we will learn if we fail from this so that they can protect next year's money, which is you know, if they lose the fans altogether, an $8 billion industry could be under $5 billion. That's just reality. And it's not anyone's fault, uh, but we have to try to get through it as people. Given the format that it sounds like they they are going to agree to again by the time this comes out, it, it might already be be set in stone. But twenty two teams would go on, uh, be nine in the East. The Wizards are currently in the nine spot. So I think based on what I read so far, my understanding is that uh, you know they're five and a half, five and a half games back. They have eight games to play. If they can get that to within four games, they have an opportunity right. to then have a play in for the for the eighth spot. And it sounds like Orlando is currently in the eighth. Would have to only win one game of of two in a playoff game, whereas the Wizards would have to win two games. Is that correct? And and do you see that as being realistic for a team like Washington? Right. I've I've heard it's like single elimination for everybody else. The the eighth spot, the the team that's in eight at the start of the of the playoff bracket of, of the play in has a double elimination. And I there there are little aspects that I don't think we know yet. Like for instance, you're supposed to play eight games. And you're supposed to just go down the schedule and play your next eight opponents. But if you look at the Blazers, when you get to eight, they play the Timberwolves a couple times. They play the Pistons. They're, they're not there. So you go to the next opponent. When you get to eight, you get to the Grizzlies. Well, the Grizzlies are there, but they'll have already played eight games. So now we got to look around. I need to go through, you know, as a reporter, just from the outside, go through each team and see, is there any team that doesn't have an eighth game so that they can play the Blazers to get in their eights? So there's a lot of little detail like that that, They'll put in a blanket, this is how we're going to do it. And then we're going to have to improvise a little bit. We're going to have to roll with the punches. And none of these, I, I would say none of these avenues are, are not, they're, they're all explored by the NBA uh, and by the players union. Like they've looked at all of this, but we will hit bumps in the road where we'll be like, okay, we didn't anticipate this. And that's just life. So uh, I, I'm optimistic that they'll figure it out. And I'm optimistic that this will work. Uh, I'm sure, you know, what's great about the sport is that no matter what, under normal circumstances, you have a certain percentage who hate what happened and don't agree with, you know, a call or a, a judgmental decision that the league had to place. You know, there was a skirmish and 
players got off the bench and stepped on the court. I mean, we've had teams lose playoff series because of a strict adherence to that rule and people lose their mind. And yes, Phoenix Suns fans, you know, that, that moment is, you know, a massive moment in their or the what Miami Heat, was it Knicks Heat back in the day? You know, there, there's, there's going to be moments of controversy, but we have to welcome that. I think the NBA understands. I think Adam Silver's understanding of, of, of that. It's part of what we're doing. We're in, in a human business. We don't have, you know, Android referees. There's going to be human mistakes. Uh, and it's part of, it's part of the joy of the game is, you know, seeing the human side of it, the, that we have great success. We have great failure. We have things that happen that are off book, off script. So, you know, I, I, teams like the Wizards have a, a real shot. I want to see, you know, on paper, they have a real shot. I want to see what it looks like in practice, but they have to come out the gate and I haven't looked at their schedule, who they're playing, but every team is fighting to get in the playoffs. You're playing any, maybe you get some teams that are, are quote, better than you by record, but maybe they're pacing themselves because they're not fighting for a seed and they just, they're just getting themselves back and not really playing their main guys a lot in the beginning. Or maybe you're in the West, you know, the Wizards might have that advantage because in the West, you come in and you're the Suns, the Spurs, uh, the Blazers, Grizzlies, Pelicans. I mean, it's a ton of teams. You have to start winning on day, day one. You have to come out there full blast. You haven't played for like, what, March through July, maybe August. So uh, you've had such a long layoff. It, playing shape and, and timing doesn't come without playing, right? So uh, a few weeks of training camp isn't going to do it. So it's, it's going to be messy, uh, but I'm looking forward to it. So, so does this affect um, you know the draft status uh, coming up for for next year as far as the teams that make it to the playoffs? Um, can can a team that like a Wizards can they opt out? <laughs> can they opt out of the bubble? The bubble? I I think everyone's fighting to get in the bubble. Um, even the ones who aren't, you know, even though like the, everyone's going to say they want to be there, even the teams that who aren't there who are voting that they would you know voting for the plan, maybe they don't want to be there. Uh, I. I don't know the answer there. I know that in my proposal on Bleach Report, I said, let's freeze the draft order as of the shutdown. It was like March 11th or 10th or 11th. Just freeze it there. That eliminates tanking, right? So, you know, in my idea, you had all 30 teams. Give the Warriors, give the Hawks a shot. Uh, Whether they make it or not doesn't impact their lottery standing. So if they want to play Steph Curry, play Steph Curry. If they don't, they don't, but it doesn't impact the lottery. Uh, for the Wizards, I would you would like to think it doesn't impact uh, because this is so out of the box that it wouldn't impact their draft position. But uh, they're on the what they're I don't know exactly where they are. They're probably in around ten in that range or or nine yeah, or eight nine or right now range. based on record. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, you know the odds of it happened with the the Cavaliers jumped up from nine some years back and I think got Kyrie. So it happens, but uh, it, the chips are going to fall where they may. The lottery is a random event uh, and. I don't know the answer there. I haven't heard what the decision is. I know what, what I would do. I would freeze it so that it doesn't have any impact. I think that's what our fans would want to hear too, realistically. <laughs> uh, you primarily focus uh, on some of the, the LA teams. What do you think uh, you know, the, the Lakers look like long-term or the Clippers? Does this favor any of the teams? Uh, what, what's your sense on kind of who's the front runner at this point? That's, that's, a, that's a good question. I mean, we hear that Giannis doesn't have a hoop. To, to practice his shooting on when he his biggest flaw in what is you know, almost a perfect player is that he's not a great shooter. You would think not shooting for several months is not a good thing, right? Uh, someone like LeBron James is, 
an older player. And so you would think that rest is good, but there's a point where maybe too much rest is, is not great. I mean, right before the break, the Lakers were playing their best basketball. They just beat the Bucks and the Clippers in back-to-back games. And uh, had, they, they, they were rolling and this was where they wanted to be. Now rolling in March is, is great, but you need to be rolling in April, May, June. Uh, but they were getting to where they want. The, the Clippers were starting to get their chemistry built. That was a team that you know, Paul George was hurt a lot, came in hurt, had some injuries throughout. Kawhi Leonard's in, in, in this protocol where he has to take rest days to make sure that he stays healthy. And they had some trades. And, and it's, the, the team has never really built up the kind of chemistry you would want uh, going into the playoffs. But the good news for them is that you know, it, was, it was still early and they were starting to get there. And they were still one of the best teams. And then, so you have Giannis and the Bucks in the East. You have those two teams in the West. I, I view those as probably two lengths ahead of everybody else in quality. But uh, I don't want to throw out what the Raptors did last year and say they're, I mean, I, I've seen them play in person this year and they're very frightening uh, if you're an opponent. Uh, they are a very, very, they have that institutional knowledge of, of how to win at the highest level, even if they don't have Kawhi. And you have the Sixers and the, the Celtics. You have your upstarts like the Wizards. I don't view them necessarily as a contender, but maybe the break giving those guys, uh, you've had a lot of injuries in Washington, gives them a chance to rest. In L.A., uh, as I mentioned, the Lakers, does it favor a veteran team like that? Or does it hurt them because they were rolling? I, I don't know if it's – I think everyone's going into this, to this situation with the same problem. They haven't played basketball for months together in a group setting. And it's, it's an instinct thing. It's a muscle memory thing. It's a conditioning thing. All those, you know, Larry, you probably can speak to it even better than I can, but you, you can't just turn it on. Uh, but maybe, maybe veteran players can a little bit more because they have it in the head more. Or maybe the younger players can because they have the conditioning just more naturally. Their bodies respond. And even though they, maybe they don't understand the game as well. Um, I think history would show in 99, uh, you know, when they had the, the shorter season, some of the veteran teams like uh, Pacers and the Heat or whatever, they, you know, the Knicks were younger. That was a, a younger Knicks team got to the finals as the eighth seed. So you, would, you could argue that year some of the younger teams had uh, an advantage, even though the, the older teams knew the game better and under normal circumstances would probably spank the younger team. Uh, that just natural, you know, there, there's a point where the, the game is faster, stronger, quicker, and have better endurance it doesn't necessarily matter how, that you play the game better, that you understand the game better. That probably goes to like the AAU level or the, even the college level. It's when you get to the pros and you get to the highest level that understanding of the game becomes more of a thing. And so maybe that gets thrown out the window. I, I don't have an answer there. I, I'm fascinated, and that's, what's, that's what I'm looking forward to do, to, to what we're going to get to do is, you know, see. I can't wait to see what this looks like. Yeah, I think I'd have to agree with you. I mean, we, we always talk about the league it being a, a marathon, right? And this in this space, it's going to be a sprint, so to speak. So those young legs, those fresh legs, I think will play a part, in, you know, in some way. And then you got the mental side of it. The mental side is going to be figuring out, you know, how this all works and who is mentally strong enough to go through the different issues that will pop up of someone getting sick or the question of someone maybe being sick and how, you know, the, the brain is able to maneuver. So it is interesting, and I, I can't wait to see how this thing unfolds, and we have history to to kind of look back at and, and 
you know, have some, have some more answers to the situation. I was telling some friends yesterday, I would happily watch our, you know, our Wednesday night pickup group play basketball on TV if it meant I got to watch, uh, watch anything. So whatever the product is, I think, you know, all eyes are going to be on them. And it's, it's definitely any basketball is better than no basketball. I mean, I'm sure it's tough if you're a fan of one of the, the eight teams left out. But, uh, you know, at least for, for this fan base, it's you know, there's some amount of, you know, hey, I'd rather us not see us lose our pick. But I think for the most part, everybody's just excited to see the team back on the court and While you're waiting this thing out at home, you can still have some fun betting with our partner, betonline.ag. There might not be any NBA for right now, although as we're talking about today, we're hopeful that 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 changes here pretty soon. But there's all kinds of other stuff, NASCAR, UFC, Madden, NBA 2K, even plenty of stuff that that you can do, online poker, blackjack. So make sure to check out betonline.ag for all that. They also have a roundtable of interviews they did called The Final Dance with ex-Chicago Bulls, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, Craig Hodges, and Ron Harper, discussing everything about Michael Jordan, the documentary, basketball in the 90s. So I encourage you to check that out. Again, that's betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100, M-Y-P-O-D-1-0-0. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. Another one of the big questions um, has been, you know, I know John Wall said he's not, uh, he's not going to play. The team said he's not going to play, but now you have another month and you know, month and a half to get ready. Where, where do you guys both stand? I guess on something like that. The team has said he won't play, but can we completely rule that out? Uh, I think that's kind of the the question from the fan base here. Yeah, for me, I think um, from everything that I was hearing is, is John was really ramping up his workouts, and obviously he was doing it aside from what the team was doing, uh, but also getting some, some, some time with the guys on the court. And for me now, it, it changes a little bit. I, I normally don't like to see injured guys come back. I mean, KD has something, you know, I wouldn't expect him to come back. Uh, but I think John may, be, may have been going a little bit longer than KD. But a lot of these guys now have that same sort of ramp up period. It'll almost be like training camp. So he'll get an opportunity to shock the body um, just like everyone else is getting an opportunity to shock the body and they can see how he responds. And then I think that that can be a gauge of, you know, how much he plays or not. But it's been a long time since he's been injured. Um, and I know his rehab process is, is, um, has really been going strong from everything that I've heard. Um, and as a competitor, uh, understanding where the league is now, the opportunities that are, that are in front of them as far as if you win, you advance. If you win, you advance. I don't know John necessarily personally, but I, from everything that I gather, he's ready to go. I mean, as far as being competitive and, and, and wanting to win. So I was on the fence a little bit before just because, again, I don't necessarily like guys that have been injured for a full year to come back at the end of the year. But this end of the year has been extended. And like I saw, I think he has to get back out there at some point. You know, my, my rule of thumb regarding almost anything in the NBA is that it's never a zero and it's never a hundred until it happens or doesn't happen. Uh, whether it's a trade rumor or something, is a player going to return? Either they do or they don't. And it's a no until it's a yes. It's a yes until it's a no. Uh, so I, I think it's certainly possible that they will say no until the last second, and then maybe it becomes a yes. If the Wizards qualify without him and they get to the playoffs and they get to a playoff series, you you might see him ramp up. You might Maybe they won't do it just to qualify, but maybe if they qualify – and have a shot, you know, maybe they, we have KD and Kyrie in a similar kind of boat. I don't think that either of them are coming back. Again, it's not a no until, you know, you get there. So it would be great to get John Wall. The, the Wizards have such a heavy investment financially in John. 
and people forget how good he is. Uh, I mean, he's no one's a perfect player, so we could sit here and say, uh, well, he's you know not a great jump shooter. It's like, come on now. I mean, John Wall is a very good basketball player when he's healthy. That team becomes a lot better with him. Uh, and Bradley has gotten Bradley Beal's gotten such a, a lengthy run at being uh, the primary guy. I think that's helped him grow his ability and his game. Let him develop. I, I'm curious to see what this Wizards team can be because they, to be honest, they've been pretty decent. Uh, they're not an elite team, but they're a very solid team. They played pretty well. Uh, they started slowly, but they played pretty well for some time. They're spunky. And they've done it with injuries left and right. So uh, I'm, I would love to see John back on the court, but I'm not going to say it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. I wouldn't say it's likely, but I'm not going to say it, it's a no. You hear some of the more cynical comments about how uh, Ted doesn't want him to come back because he can recoup 80% of his salary if he sits out the whole year and things like that. And, and hopefully that's not you know, the reason that they make that decision. If it's just, hey, we, we don't want to risk his health long term, then it's hard to, to really argue with that. You know, Ideally, they know what the situation is better than, than we do from the outside. So you hope that that's the real driver there is just you know, long-term health and safety. Yeah, I'm skeptical about that being like a, a blanket. He has to miss a certain, I mean, he's already missed X number of games. I think there would be, it would probably be 80% of, of the time missed regardless if he came back towards the end. I think they would probably have gotten 80% coverage of the time that he was out already. You know, I'd have to look at the exact writers and things sure. like that. I, I'm not going to waste our time, but to say that it's easy to be cynical in this world. And yeah, like we talked about earlier, money has a big part in this. But uh, there's no reason to push John Wall back for a period of time, just all of a sudden cold from having not played for two years and put him in that position if he's if he's not there, right? If he's not, he hasn't played in however many months. Well, he hasn't played for however, however many years, but you know, the team hasn't played for however many months. And then to just say, okay, now go in a playoff series and be John Wall, that's, you know, you don't want to set him up for failure either. So what's the big picture? What's best for the Wizards? Is this their year where if he comes back, they're a title holder, they're going to win a championship. This is a one-time opportunity. I don't think that's this year. So what's the, what's the main motivation there? Eric, have you guys heard anything from a media standpoint about what the ability to to go down and cover this event will look like? Is it, you know, each major media yeah. outlet will get one person or how's that going to work? Well, I don't have an official, um, it's sensitive. And I know that the people I've spoke to are kind of like, you know, it's still in progress. From what I understand, there will be an opportunity for some media to be in the bubble with the NBA players. And there will be an opportunity for some media to be outside that bubble able to cover games from within the arena or not necessarily the arena, but wherever the, the games are being held, mm -hmm. but not have any contact with anybody within the bubble. So you won't be able to interview players or coaches. And so like, if you're in that bubble, you're quarantined with the rest. Uh, you're not going out for three months or whatever. So uh, I don't know what that means for myself, for Bleacher Report, uh, for you know, major outlets. I would expect ESPN will have a reasonably high coverage. LA Times, from you know my perspective, I'm sure we'll send somebody into that. Uh, but uh, I'm probably you know, be in LA. <laughs> I'll probably be home. I'm probably not going to make that trip to Orlando. You know, I got my I'm married, have three daughters. That's I'm probably going to focus on that, and I can do my job from. Yeah, I've been doing my job from home. Surprisingly busy since this happened. I mean, I I thought I would have a lot more free time, and I, I have had some. Uh, but not nearly as much as I thought. So, uh, but yeah, there, there'll be something there as far as media coverage. 
title. I mean, I, you know, we all want to know just the thoughts on, you know, the, you know, who do you, who do you have winning uh, the title? I mean, at the end of the day, who's, who's standing, who's standing strong. Um, I think it's the, between those three. So I, I will, I'll handicap and say, you know, I think the Raptors have a shot to beat the Bucks. I really do. Um, I don't trust the shooting in Philadelphia. I think Boston is probably um, a quarter step away. They're close, but I don't think they're ready yet. Uh, and I'm leaving out a few in the East. Uh, my apologies to anyone I left out. Uh, but I just think the Bucks are, you know, they're, they should be the favorite. Uh, they've got size and they've got one of the best players in the league. And uh, it's a deep team. And I think they've got that opportunity this year uh, with Kawhi out of the picture. In the West, it's a little bit uh, more difficult to pick between the Lakers and the Clippers. I, I think there's a lack of continuity in, in the Clippers so far from watching them in person. What they have works against almost every team, including the Lakers. Uh, but I'm not sure it entirely works over seven uh, in that you could put out what they do, what they do best, which is Paul George and, and Kawhi, Montrez and Lou Williams and a fifth, whether it's height or a, a defender or shooter or whatever. Uh, Marcus Morris might be that. Uh, but you're a defensive liability with Lou and with Montrez. Montrez is a six foot seven center, great energy, hustles and fights plays with a lot of heart, but there is a, you know, a, a height difference there where you're going to struggle against, you know, Lakers roll out there. They're, they're, they're kind of counter what everyone else does. You know, they have real size Dwight and AD and JaVale and Markeith Morris, and they can go big with LeBron and Kuzma. They don't have to play anybody under a certain size. And they've shown, uh, you know, the last game that they played against the Clippers that they'll just, they'll choose their, their guy they're going to pick on. If you have Lou out there, Lou Williams, they're going to target Lou. And that matters more in a playoff series, I think, than it does in uh, 82 where you're just you're just scrambling, trying to get through that marathon, as you call it. You're just trying to get there. Uh, so you don't necessarily have all the time in the world to scheme against the other team. You're just going to do what you do. You have someone scout the game. You probably put in a few wrinkles of, okay, this is what they do. This is what, how we're going to attack them. But you don't really game plan. And so I think the Lakers have that advantage. LeBron goes to the finals every year. Last year he was hurt. It doesn't make sense to, to bet against him. It just doesn't. Because no one else has shown that they can do what they can do except Kawhi. And Kawhi is just not healthy yet. And it concerns me. We said a little bit of that when he was in Toronto. He was taking up some time off. We were worried about that. I don't want to say that I have the Lakers a major length ahead of the Clippers, but I, I – I like what the Rockets do, but I, I think it's more of a novelty. I worry about that in the playoffs. Denver, Utah, I don't think that their first and second player are as good as the Clippers and Lakers' first and second best player. They might be deeper in other ways. Uh, but I think the Lakers and Clippers' depth is is very strong, uh, even if they're not necessarily star-powered all the way you know down to 15th player. Uh, the Clippers probably have a little bit more in that with Lou and, and Montrez, but uh, – Defensively, the Lakers have better role players than the Clippers do. So, uh, I'm going to say Lakers Bucks. You put you put Giannis in his first finals. It, guys usually don't win in their first finals. I don't know if that's going to be the case or not. So, you know, I don't I don't want to come across as like I'm the LA guy picking the <laughs> LA team, but uh, I I see the Lakers Bucks Clippers 
Raptors probably in that order as far as uh, the best teams and as far as winning, that's how I'd probably track it. Um, that, that that's very fair. I mean, even after you know two you know two and a half three month layoff, I mean that's that's pretty consistent with how they were trending and tracking. You know, at at the end of the season. Larry, I'm going to put you on the spot too. Who you got? Is it, is it something con, you know consistent with that or? That, that, that's it. That's it. I mean, that, that, those are my, you know, my, my final, uh, you know, my final team that are in contention. Um, and I think, I think the Lakers have a, have a real legitimate, you know, shot at, at, at not only being in the finals, but walking away with, with, with the ring, uh, the experience, the knowledge, just the work ethic of those guys. I, I can imagine those guys working hard every day, you know, with the mindset of, yes, we're going to have a season when a lot of other guys were kind of on that fence. But I think that, that that's probably a group that pr- more than likely, you know, stay focused and, and stayed, you know, stayed on task. So I'm, I'm interested to see how those guys rock and roll. Yeah, same here. I, I don't think I would say anything to rock the boat from what you guys just said. It's, it seems like a more than most years, it, it's like a pretty solid four team, four or five team group that, that's got a, a pretty, you know, at least a reasonable percentage shot at it. And then at least a lot of other fun teams to watch. You know, the NBA has talked a lot about, can we see like a guy like Zion make the playoffs? But Portland, even Lillard, guys like that. I think there's some guys that can make some noise, but but nobody that can do it over full seven game series all the way through. Uh, Eric, so thanks so much for for your input so far. Um, tell us what you got coming or what you're working on, and, and where folks can can find you or hear you. Uh, well, I'm over at Bleacher Report uh, and Basketball Insiders. Uh, my expertise is really the economics of the NBA. Uh, so if you want to learn about how the rules work, the collective bargaining agreement, how to trades work, contracts, all that. Hit me up on Twitter at Eric, E-R-I-C, Pincus, P-I-N-C-U-S. Uh, record my podcast, uh, which is really, it's called Hollywood Hoops, so it's more uh, Los Angeles-based sports, uh, most just hoops. But, you know, we'll talk Wizards if it's relevant and if there's something, you know, I, I love talking NBA across the board. Uh, trying to figure out right now who the best player of all time is. Uh, that's a project I'm working on uh, for Bleacher, but not just going with opinion. Take away my opinion and look at, some of the data and, and, and history and try to come up with a way to, to say, you know, okay, this guy's overrated, underrated. Who are we forgetting in this conversation? Uh, everyone, it's easy to say, Michael, where does he stack up with the all-time greats? Uh, so working on that, we'll see how that comes out. I look forward to reading that one. I think that's probably the, the hot button topic for everybody right now post last dance. So good call. So appreciate your time. Um, obviously want you to stay healthy, stay safe. Um, and again, appreciate you for, for jumping on. All right. Appreciate it, gentlemen. Thanks, yeah. guys. Thanks so much, Eric. Appreciate it. All right. Anytime. All right, everyone. That was our interview with Eric Pincus. It's good to have basketball to talk about. You know, there's, there's a lot of not as pleasant things in the news right now, and it's good to kind of have something, something to take our mind off that and focus on. Uh, Larry, do you want to weigh in at all here on, on kind of the greater situation uh, that's going on in society? Yeah, I think it is a, an opportunity, uh, opportunity for us to, to be aware of what's going on in our society and, and within our system and how we operate and how we live. Bringing attention, uh, whether it be positive or negative, uh, can start the conversation. And I think the conversation has been started, uh, but we have to understand that it's not just in you know one day or one week or one month. Uh, it's an everyday conversation. It's an everyday struggle uh, in order to bridge the gap. It's in order to bridge the gap. And I think as a, a minority, you know, the, the hand is out. The hand is out and, and looking for support and making sure that we can all be our best self. Uh, and if we're our best self, that we can get back uh, to this great place that we live in, uh, the United States. And I think that that's the, 
the most important thing is that we, we no matter how we, we cut it, we are in the same boat, uh, whether it be blacks, white, Hispanics, people that you know, come in from, from overseas and, and make uh, the United States their home. Uh, we all have an opportunity to do our part, uh, but it's an everyday uh, struggle. It's an everyday conversation. It's an everyday awareness. Uh, so with me, it, it, you know, my ability to, to use basketball as a tool and try to support the young people, uh, because I understand um, that a lot of things that are negative or, or hate, uh, these things are taught uh, and they're taught to our young people at, at a very young age. Uh, and it can be something very minute that turns into something that's very big uh, as these young people get older. So I took it upon myself really to try to touch the, the impact the youth more, to inspire the youth to give a different face, uh, to put different faces in the room. Uh, so that conversation is much easier as these kids begin to grow up. Uh, all of these kids that I work with within the basketball academy, they're not making it to the NBA or the WNBA or being paid to play basketball for that matter. Uh, but they will be dropped into your community. Uh, they will be your neighbor. Uh, they will be uh, someone that employs you or you employ them. Uh, so as much that we uh, instill respect, uh, justice, into these young people. So obviously as they grow up and they're now the adults, that they have a, a clear understanding and a good mindset of, of how uh, we should all operate in a collective uh, and support one another. But it does start with the system and, and how we operate uh, and then the people uh, shall follow that system. So again, I wanna just encourage everyone uh, if they're not registered to vote, uh, that is very important uh, with all the messaging, with all the information that's out, It's just to make sure that we do our part uh, within the polls, within the system, to make sure you vote. It's not fair. It's not enough to to not uh, respect your vote. Every vote matters, and I like to say yours included. It's incredibly well said, partner. And I think um, you know one of the first things I, I thought of during all this was just exactly what you talked about and what you're doing with your academy. And you know when you see videos from or, or pictures from from the classes you guys have, there's there's a lot of different faces in there. And, and I think uh, you know intolerance is something that's that's taught and you're not, you know, you're not born with, you know, those, those thoughts on people. So starting them young and, and kind of teaching people the, the right way to respect and treat other people, it, it makes a big difference. So keep doing the good work you're doing. I appreciate it. All right, everybody. I think that's, uh, that'll do it for this week's Believe in Wizards podcast. Uh, I think we'll probably try to do a mailbag episode here in the next couple, couple episodes. So uh, send us your comments on on any of the social media platforms, B-L-E-A-V in Wizards, or reach out to Larry or I, and, and we'll make sure we try to hit all the high notes. And, you know, we'll probably have more details to talk about for the NBA's return next week. Uh, until then, I think, um, you know, stay safe and try to be nice to one another if we can. Thanks, Larry, and I'll talk to you next week. That's it. I appreciate you. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done